This podcast may contain adult language and situations, graphic, gory details, and other not-so-nice things. Listener discretion is advised. I'm Lacey. And I'm Ashley. And this is United States of Murder. This week, we're in Arizona discussing a murder in a Mennonite community. So buckle up and join us on this dark and twisted ride through the Grand Canyon State. The Mennonite religion teaches a strong belief of peace, justice, and non-resistance. They believe that God's peace is most fully revealed in Jesus Christ, and they are responsible for following Jesus Christ in a way of peace, doing justice, bringing resolution and practicing non-resistance, even in the face of violence and warfare. They say violence is no will of God. This includes hostility among race, child abuse, abuse towards women, and capital punishment. Some do not even pay taxes that are marked for the military. They do not believe in any form of violence. Any which is what makes this case that I'm going to tell you about all the more confusing and heartbreaking. Sasha Kraus was the eldest of six children. She was born in 1991 in Temple, Texas. Her family became Mennonites and joined their community when she was around 11 years old. Could you imagine? You're just sailing along. Don't make me change religions. And and then it's not an extreme religion, but it's... It kind of is. I mean, to me it is. I mean, it would be... You know what? I mean, it Mm -hmm. would be quite different to stop wearing your Mickey Mouse shorts and... Yeah, don't... I mean, they can wear color, which is cool, but it's still... The long, plain dresses. garb and the thing on... No, no. So she was super close to her family, and she dedicated her life to the service of God. She made a huge commitment to the church and ministry. In 2018, she moved 14 hours away to a Mennonite community in Farmington, New Mexico. There are two Mennonite churches in this area. So Mennonites are a branch of a Christian church. They are Christian. They're not, they're different than like, what is it, LDS or Amish, they're, which Amish is Christian too. But you know what I mean? They're not yeah, as extreme it's, it's as... It's confusing. Yeah. From a distance, you might think, oh, there's they're Amish, but they're not. They they're look not. from a distance kind of right. like they're Amish. Well, they, they don't can, typically have a horse and buggy. They can, they have vehicles, cell phones, TVs. Like you said, they can wear color. They wear color, yeah. They don't just wear the plain. Mm-hmm. They do wear their hair up mm-hmm. in the little... They're just very modest. They probably do not listen. I wonder. Maybe. If you're a Mennonite, email us. Yeah. So I don't know what religions can listen to well, maybe profanity they listen, or they not. listen to I the radio. Know. I mean, I don't know. I don't know, but we're this is profanity. It's not good what we're talking about. No, it's not. So there are about 2.2 million Mennonites worldwide. They are in North and South America, Europe, Asia and even Africa. There are a lot of Mennonites that live in Harrison, Arkansas, by the way. We have several Mennonites that bring their children to the hospital for clinic appointments. Huh, I've never seen them here. Mm-hmm. Interesting. 
So in Farmington, Sasha taught Sunday school and worked at a publishing house where she translated many of their books from English to Spanish. She had taught herself to speak Spanish and was working on teaching herself how to speak French. She would sit next to Hispanic families during the service and translate it in its entirety. That's cool. She was a super sweet girl with a big heart, and she went out of her way to help anyone. So on January 18th, 2020, around 7 p.m., she headed to the church to pick up some books for her Sunday school class. So this was a Saturday. Sunday school was the next morning. She's like, oh, shit, I forgot my books. Mm-hmm. I mean, she didn't say that, but she went to get. <laughs> she did not She say did that. not say that. I'm, I'm paraphrasing. So she goes to the church, which is about 250 feet from her house. Mm-hmm. But it was cold and dark, so she jumped in her car drove over. Her roommate waited up for her, but figured she must have got caught up talking to someone at the church. So she left a light on and went to bed. So she wakes up around one in the morning, realizes Sasha's not there. Her purse and wallet are in the room and she couldn't find her cell phone. So she tries to text her and call her and gets nothing. So she wakes up the other roommate They walk over to the church. They see Sasha's car is there. They search for her inside the church. She's not there. The books she had gone to pick up, still sitting where they were. And all of her things are in the car. Her roommates let the elders of the church know that Sasha is missing. And they called the authorities around 3 a.m., So she was last seen about eight hours prior to this. Hmm. So search parties are formed almost immediately by her family in the community. The surrounding areas were searched by volunteers and first responders, by ground, air, horseback. It just was not like her to walk away. She didn't run away. There was a $50,000 reward for anyone who knew anything. Investigators get a warrant for Sasha's phone. They tried to figure out where she had gone after church using cell phone data. It was at the church until around 745, but then it hit a tower nearly 60 miles away in Colorado, and then it went dead. So every lead eventually goes cold. Weeks go by, almost a month passes before her remains are found outside Flagstaff, Arizona. So on the afternoon of February 1st, a camper had went to gather some firewood and comes across Sasha's decomposing body. She was face down, her hands had been bound with duct tape behind her back, and she had been shot in the head. She'd also suffered blunt force trauma. She was dressed in a homemade plain gray dress and her underwear were missing. She had on a white jacket and a pair of hiking boots. But when she was found, there was no ID on her. So they had no idea who she was. But she was dressed like a Mennonite woman And one of the detectives had remembered seeing a missing poster for a Mennonite woman from New Mexico 
And so she contacts the New Mexico Police Department. They, you know, tells them they found this woman. She matches the description, mm-hmm. all the things. So an autopsy does not show any sign of sexual assault, and there is no biological evidence of any kind found in her body. There was DNA belonging to a male underneath her fingernails and on her neck. Cause of death was blunt force trauma to the head as well as the gunshot wound. So, like I said, it took a while before they could identify her body. They, you know, when they found her, they didn't know who she was, where she was from. They remembered the missing poster. It's just heartbreaking. So, Farmington is found, if you look on the map, it's in the four corners of the state. So, this is where the four four states come together. So, New Mexico, Arizona, Utah, and Colorado, right there. I'm glad we have a map conveniently to look at. So it's like right there. Right. Process of elimination, the cops decided to investigate other cell phones that had pinged on the same towers the same time hers had, Hmm. which is pretty smart. And you would think that four states in this area, there would be thousands and thousands of phones that would ping from the towers the same time that hers was. But there was only one. An Air Force mechanic by the name of Mark Gooch hits their radar. He is stationed at Luke Air Force Base in Phoenix, Arizona. His cell phone had pinged off the same towers. Not good. So his cell phone data shows that he left the base on January 18th and drove 400 miles to New Mexico. His phone also pinged where her body was found in Arizona around 1 a.m. on January 19th. The police obviously got a warrant to search his phone records, his Google data, and his bank records. There are McDonald's receipts in Arizona where she was found. In New Mexico, there was a payment to get his car detailed. Mm. So a complete paper trail. Yeah. He did try to clear his Google Maps, but they were able to find them. Of course. Trace Mm -hmm. his, here we go again, his route, his route. Mm -hmm. So this is how they kind of created a timeline. Seems like it was fairly easy to do. Yeah, yeah. So his phone pinged around for about three hours where the church was. Wow. So Mark was also part of a Mennonite community back home in Wisconsin where he was from. But he rejected his religion and joined the military. He felt like his family didn't fit after they converted and like he was an outsider. He was somewhat troubled, some people would go on to say. He had a string of suspended burglaries from back home when he was younger and vandalism charges. Mark was brought in for questioning. The detective asked him if he knew why he was in there and he said, I've had some speeding tickets, so maybe that's why I'm here. You don't get taken in for speeding tickets, sir. She asked if he'd been anywhere else. He said he'd just been hiking. He said he was in Farmington because a friend had told him about the Mennonite church there, and he thought maybe he wanted to join back up. She caught him in several lies or discrepancies in his story. 
or times that he said he was in certain areas, but she knew all of this information yeah. because they had all the records. He denied knowing anything about Sasha's disappearance. The detective then tells him, well, your brother's here and he's being interviewed too. And that's when Mark asked for an attorney and shut the interview down. Mm. At this point, he is placed under arrest and charged with two counts of first-degree murder, kidnapping, and theft. Prosecutors told the jury that Mark hated the Mennonite community. He had a vendetta against him. A week before the murder, Mark had gone and done surveillance on the Mennonite community in Farmington. He told his brother all of this in a text message. And they had evidence via cell phone records, financial, and surveillance videos proving that he had murdered Sasha. Mark asked a friend to store a gun for him after the murder. They seized the gun, sent it to the crime lab, and determined that it matched the bullet found in Sasha's head. Defense said all of this evidence was circumstantial, and Mark had no prior history of violence. But... After five and a half hours, the jury found him guilty of all charges. Wow. He was sentenced to life without the possibility of parole in January of 2022. He is currently an inmate at Iman Prison in Arizona. And according to his parents, he has turned to religion Which while religion? he's behind bars. I'm not sure. Literally every story. It's just so... Right. Not sure which done. which one he's well, converted to. Do or, we know why he had a vendetta against the Mennonites? So I, there was a show on A and E that I watched about that I watched about this case, and there's a couple podcasts and books that I, you know, magazine articles and stuff mm-hmm. that I flipped through, and a, a complete the whole trial is on is recorded and on um, what is that law and crime and punishment shit tv whatever the hell yeah. it is so so it's a very long trial and of course the prosecution says that he he just didn't like him he had a vendetta against him he did have several instances where he was quote unquote doing surveillance on him just watching him like a creep he was a mennonite when he was growing up his growing family up. converted kind of the same way hers did okay. when he was around 11 but then it just wasn't for him, and he got out and joined the military, which they're completely against. Okay. Like, Oh, yeah, no fighting. Yeah, yeah. like the Mennonite mm-hmm. men in World War II didn't join. They joined forces on the home front, so to speak, where they would help back home, but they didn't oh. join to fight. Like, they've never been a – they right, don't believe yeah. in that. So mm-hmm. when he left – he kind of just went the opposite, joined the military, did sure. all the things – so, yeah, he was doing surveillance on this Mennonite community for weeks before this murder and was texting his brother, reporting to him for some reason, like, everyone's just boring. They're just walking around with nothing, you know, just, yeah. Well, what are they d- supposed to do? Right. And I do not personally know any Mennonites, but everything that I've read, they seem just like a very peaceful community yeah i mean i don't know so and even after all of this happened you know someone in the mennonite community made this statement like we still aren't going to turn our backs on him if he decided to 
come back. He's not shunned. I don't, yeah. I, I was about to say, Amish are big on shunning. Oh, yeah. I am not into religions that are into major shunning and all that, but I don't believe the Mennonites no. are. No. Could be mistaken. Awful. This poor girl. Sweetie just wants to help people, just literally went 250 feet away, and he kidnapped her and beat her and murdered her. That's awful. It's terrible. So, anyways. Now I'm going down a rabbit hole. I'm reading all about Anabaptists and Mennonites and... (laughs) I love a good religion spiral. You can read about it on the plane. Oh, yeah. So, like we were saying, we are breaking up this episode. Mm -hmm. So, I'm covering a case this week. And then next week, Lacey's going to cover another case in Arizona. That's why, if this is shorter, Mm -hmm. don't freak out. It's not messed up. We figured you'd like this instead of having one week of nothing. Yeah. It's just two weeks of a little less of A little less. But... I have a little tidbit to add to this, since you know I love a good road trip and stopping at all the weird and unusual roadside Mm -hmm. attractions. We do. I found some in Arizona. Tell me. So, first of all, there's a lot. Okay. Of hiking, craters, desert shit, which could be my jam, but (laughs) I don't know so far. It hasn't been so far, but I've never been to Arizona. So, I don't know. Maybe it would be fun. But... Here are three things that I would definitely want to visit if and when I ever go to Arizona. Wasn't crazy about it before, but now I kind of want to go. Number one, Bedrock City. Bedrock. It resembles the 1970s more than the Stone Age, according to this article. It serves a 365-day campground and odd stop for passers-by. It's painted with bright colors, and the 30-acre site includes replicas of a volcano, salon, post office, police station, character homes, brontosaurus, and other relics of the campy TV show. It's a family-owned business, and it is up for sale right now for $2 million. Yes, yes, yes. I love everything about this. I looked at the pictures. Really want to go. That's interesting. I loved this show as a kid. I still love it. Why are you looking at me like I'm crazy? Did you not ever watch the Flintstones? I mean, I don't remember their um, landscape. I'm an 80s baby. I remember their clothes. I'm an 80s baby. I watched the the Flintstones in Vegas. There wasn't a ton of So there was no bedrock in Vegas. It was just lights, flashing lights. No, bedrock... Was the coolest. I would be in heaven. Also, Fruity Pebbles is still my favorite cereal of all time. Really? If I've ever spent the night with you, wink, wink, you know this. <laughs> <laughs> you stayed here. I didn't know this. Oh, Lacey. Different kind of spend the night. Fruity Pebbles. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so number two on my list. So number two on my list is the London Bridge. In Arizona? I thought this was a joke, too, because I'd heard this before. But in 1967, London sold its most famous bridge to Lake Havasu City founder Robert McCullough for $2.46 million. Yeah. Hmm. So he paid $2.46 million for the bridge. It was disassembled. Each brick was labeled with a number so they could put it back together in its new home 5,000 miles away. 
And today, the bridge is one of the largest tourism attractions in the state, only behind the Grand Canyon. Really? I've never heard of that. It's driving distance from Phoenix. It's like three hours. Huh. So, this is unbelievable to me. I thought people were literally messing with me (laughs) when I heard this. Yeah. But, yeah, you can literally go to the OG London Bridge in Arizona. I wonder if they were going to replace the old one and that's why he bought it. I need to investigate this more. Because before when people told me that, I was like, you're so full of shit. (laughs) And now I'm like, no shit. You can really go and see it. That's cool. So, last thing. If you were alive in the 80s or 90s. You know who Lisa Frank is. Mm-hmm. You know. Loved her stickers. All I the had, things. My first diary was the Golden Retriever diary. So school supplies, all the yeah. things. So um, there is a 320,000 square foot Lisa Frank factory. What? In Tucson, Arizona. <gasps> oh, my. Interesting. Paid tribute to the company's line of cutesy rainbow products. It even features a rainbow loading dock and a pink <gasps> glass entry. There are also details such as tiny hearts and stars lining the fence. How cute. The factory once offered tours, but now the interior remains a mystery with only a handful of photos Aww. available for media coverage. Behind the pink glass, there is a giant statue of the iconic Yellow Lab puppy yes. that guards the lobby. Aww. And there is a giant panda in overalls with a can of rainbow paint and brush. I know him well. So sales declined, as obviously we all grew up. And rumors of poorly treated employees showed that it maybe wasn't all rainbows Uh and sunshine. Lisa. So by 2015, the factory that once employed 500 people had dwindled down to only a handful. So now the building stands largely forgotten. Wow. And it has been on and off the market for years. So, but you can still go there and like How see random. It. Random. Tucson. Lisa Frank. That's far down there though. It's no like, idea. It's not as easy to get to as Phoenix with no. flying. I mean, I know there's an airport, but. So, Jason Sesser, I know you're listening. He better be. You should buy this place. <laughs> Or maybe we could just go there and buy what's inside. So they don't make stickers or anything anymore. I think so. I think it's coming back. I used to love this shit. Oh, my God. All the stuff. The little uh, tiger, all the colors. The diary, the notebook, stickers, stamps, pencils, folders, erasers, lunchbox. I was obsessed. The puppies, cats, unicorns, dolphins. The website is still up. So I think think they're still active but maybe just not in tucson i can't think of any other they sell nail wraps nail wraps i can't think of any other stationery or anything Ugh. any brand that that is my youth i mean this bitch was everywhere in the oh, 80s she, and 90s i remember trading stickers at recess of lisa frank I had a whole oh no whole shit. situation their website's adorable too They have little unicorn icons. I mean, we should bring this back. Let's let's make it trend. Let's make it trend. Ugh. I feel like all the old stuff is kind of coming back, but I saw, I mean, there was so much other shit I could have picked, but I was like, not at least a Frank warehouse. Yeah, that's cool. That sounds like a good trip. I want all the stationery for my grown-up corporate office job. That would be a cute design. I I need to start 
fuck it, I'm going to do it. I'm collect, about to just... Collect. Yeah. I've been to Arizona, but only to Sedona. And there's kind of some, I don't know if it's spooky necessarily, but before I went there, apparently they ha- they're they known for being a very spiritual place. Mm-hmm. There's tons of tarot card readers, psychics, da-da-da. They were all kind of expensive, so I didn't go to one. Mm-hmm. And they have vortexes all over Sedona in the mountains. So vortexes are thought to be a swirling center of energy that are conducive to healing, meditation, and self-exploration. These are places where the earth seems especially alive with energy, and many people feel inspired, recharged, or uplifted after visiting a vortex. So technically all of Sedona is considered a vortex, but there are specific sites where the, quote, energy crackles more intensely. The four big known ones are Airport Mesa, Cathedral Rock, Bell Rock, and Boynton Canyon. I can't remember off the top of my head, but I went to one, one of the vortexes. No, I don't want to do that. But you know, I didn't feel anything. Of Mm -hmm. course, not even vortexes want me. It was really pretty. I enjoyed it. You feel very at peace, but they're supposed to make you feel better. No. In, <laughs> you're in like, movies you're, you're like, I don't like no. the vortex. In movies, you get sucked in the what? vortex. No, no, no. And you're shot out in It's like a battery zip. The land that Tom forgot. You go get your spirit on. I'm gonna go steal some puppy stickers from an abandoned warehouse. <sighs> it was but I'm I was like, okay, I'm in this vortex. I'm supposed to feel no. better. I would be having a panic attack. See, I tried, but it didn't Nothing. Yeah, but they're known for their spirituality. Technically, this article says Boynton Canyon, Kachina, is the electromagnetic vortex of balanced energies, and it's the most mysterious and most sacred of the seven main vortexes. I've got to figure out which vortex I went to. I don't want to do do any of this stuff. It's on my Instagram, but that's a lot of scrolling because I tagged all. This was... Pre-COVID. No, um, I don't want to do a vortex. Oh my gosh, interesting. I thought you'd be all about a vortex. No, because like I said, you get sucked in there. Have you never seen Quantum Leap? No. Because you're a baby. <laughs> Is That's it good? also an Is old show. Is it worth show. watching? It's so good. It was a TV show. It's so mm, good. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Well, nothing happened though. So anyway. Well, anyways, next week. Um, yep, I'm going on my vacay, but we're we're going to record we're going to have a new episode. It's going to be about a weird, terrible case. In Arizona. Same old in Arizona. So that's where we'll be next week. And then the week after that, we're going to be in New York. Yeah. The Big A. That was my nickname in college. No, I'm just kidding. The Big A? Oh, my God. <laughs> Hopefully, I've finally gotten to see that damn movie by then. Yeah, let's... The Evil Dead Rise, and I will open... I wish that would be on my plane. Listen, I know that's not going to be, but that would be amazing. I'll open... If you watch that without me... <sighs> Don't worry, I won't. Sam. I'm just kidding. He, hate, he doesn't like scary movies, so... Yeah. But seriously, though, I already have my New York case picked out, and it is super interesting. I have no idea what I'm going to do in the future for New York, but I'll figure something out. We'll come back anyways. Yep. Sounds good to me. Bye. Bye.